Welcome to Bloombox Growing Deeper. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah. And we're on a mission to help you become the gardener you want to be. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bloombox Growing Deeper. We're so excited to have you all here. We hope you survived the heat. Mm. Um, we're really happy to be back outside. Mm-hmm. So happy. Um, I'm just going to ask this right now. Sarah, when is this coming out? <laughs> next. Is it the next one? It is. The, this is our next episode, and it comes out Labor on Day. Labor Day. Oh, hey, happy Labor Day. I hope you're relaxing, everybody. Yeah, I will be. Well, I guess we'll be driving home. We're going to my parents for the weekend. I don't know what I'm doing. I think that day is just free. Oh, free as a bird. That's the best. I know, right? We do that for Thanksgiving. We actually do our house projects on Thanksgiving, mm. so we mm-hmm. tear our house up, but we don't go anywhere. We don't make turkey. It is our four days at home. I love it. Maybe I'll be sitting with my, maybe my dog and my cat will be getting along. Uh, good luck. And well, that's I'll two just weeks. Sh- shove them in a room together and see what happens. I have a new yeah. kitten and we're working. We're working on it. <laughs> working through this process it sounds like she's open to being friends yes a little too open oh okay that's part of the problem a little more fear would be helpful uh yeah i mean if something was let's see she's six pounds and he's 75 pounds it's a little unfair if something was that much bigger than me i might not just prance up to it and start batting at its face goes back to the people (laughs) trying to pet the buffalo right i mean (laughs) don't pet the fluffy cows that's what she needs to learn um so yeah you know follow me for cat videos (laughs) definitely (laughs) here you go but we are not here to talk about cats today, even though I can talk about cats, my cat, forever. We are going to talk about um, technology in the outdoors, which is often something people go, boo. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I have always come at it from the perspective that if taking pictures on a phone is what gets your child outside, let, let's start there. Maybe mm-hmm. we hope that doesn't be stay the only reason. Right. But if that's what starts it, by all means, give them the old phone from your closet that we know you're keeping from 10 years ago. (laughs) Or if it gives you um, a drive to get outside, you know, to go on that long walk so you can find new things to take pictures of or do whatever it is, find that new bird. I have no problem with it. I am with you on that. Sometimes it is important to unplug yeah. To just go out and be outside. I definitely don't do that enough. As you have probably noticed, I'm notorious. My headphones are constantly in my ears. Yeah. I do like to go outside with my headphones in. Mm-hmm. But I try to make sure it's only one of them. And the sweatier I get, the more likely it is to fall out of my ear and I give up. <laughs> I am notorious for leaving my phone laying around. Oh, so I'm yeah. not a great user of these apps Mm because what I do is I walk outside and I set my phone down and then the next thing I know I'm watering it and that's not great oh no so I'm gonna learn some things today about maybe ways I could use it and water it less I do have to do a quick headphone PSA (laughs) (laughs) one of the reasons I have my headphones in is I have AirPods Pro yeah they have active noise reduction so I'm especially sensitive to loud noises like I have a sensory sensitivity (laughs) to them (laughs) and 
one of the reasons I have them in all the time, even with nothing playing, is that it reduces those sounds, especially when I'm working in the yard. Do that at Costco. Yes. I will walk around Costco with my earbuds in and nothing playing. Mm -hmm. And half of it is because I don't want anybody to talk to me. And half of it is (laughs) because I can't choose which kind of bread I want with that much noise going on around me. Yeah. My, I just, the headphones, they fascinate me because like... (laughs) These things are amazing because they seal, so they make a noise-proof seal, but then they use the microphone to pull in the sounds around you at the right decibel. This is going to sound really funny, but I was contemplating that on my way to work today yeah. because I knew this episode was coming up and I was thinking about how you're, and I was like, do they use the microphone? Do they yeah. use your phone? How do they do it? How do they know what you want to hear? They use the microphone. So like I, when I'm walking the dog, I can hear his nails clicky, clicky, clicky which tells me that I need to trim them. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then if a siren goes by, I can hear it, but it's not overwhelmingly loud. Yeah. It's amazing. Which Anyways. is much safer because I see people like biking with their yeah. full on headsets on. And I'm like, how do you know if there's a car behind you? Mm-hmm. How do you know? Like, you got to be aware. Yeah. So yeah. that's a smart way to do it. Yes. So even when I'm outside hiking, I can still hear the birds mm-hmm. tweet tweeting. <laughs> I have tried to make a rule for myself that if I sit outside to read, it has to be on paper. Yes. So I read a lot on my Kindle. And, you know, this rule, it sounds really deep and unpluggy, but it's actually <laughs> Sarah, stop breaking things. So stop leaving <laughs> your Kindle better. where it gets watered. <laughs> yes. If I leave my technology inside, because I'm not attentive to it. It doesn't... Mm-hmm. Um, once I set it down, it's gone from my brain. Yeah, yeah. So I've made a rule that if, I, if I'm if i sitting outside reading, it has to be on paper. And that's been really fun. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to unplug without, like, banning phone use from the outdoors. Yes. Yes. So we're here to say unplug when you need to. Make time for that. But don't feel guilty for also using all of these fun apps and different right. things we're about to talk about. I'm learning. There's so mm-hmm. much to learn. I know mm-hmm. um, it's a little different than some of the things we're going to talk about but my family likes geocaching apps it's a fun way to find a new place to take a walk and to like you often have to leave the trail so it it pushes you a little bit explain geocaching for those who haven't done it okay so i feel like it ebbs and flows and it ebbs and flows and man it has changed because when when my dad first taught us how to do this it was he was a boy scout leader so that's where he learned about it you went to the library or to the nrd or whatever and you checked out a handheld gps Mm -hmm. and you checked out something to go look for okay and it was a really fun way we were learning how to read maps is what we were doing so it's a fun way to learn how to read a map and how to use a gps coordinate to find something and what you find is a little box or a little canister of things people have left behind and Mm -hmm. you take something and you leave something so it's like erasers and stuff you got out of vending machines and sometimes there are like this is at the the hobby level there's people who are like moving these tokens across the world and that's like a level beyond me Mm -hmm. we're talking about the eraser trading level yes so there's a log so you can log your name and Mm -hmm. the date you found it and so it's fun for the host of these sites to see who, how many people have visited their geocache and uh, what they've left behind. Now, it's all in an app. So you there's multiple geocaching apps. I think we have several because they give you a variety of things. 
you pick like the park you want to be in or something and it'll tell you how many geocaches are there and you pick one to find Mm -hmm. and then it's more like following the dot right you just look at what trail gets you closest and then you it's like hot and cold on your Mm -hmm. app like you're getting closer you're getting farther away and sometimes clues right yes like people can leave clues in the app I remember one I was looking for. And in fact, we never found it. <laughs> well, they are hidden. They're yes. not just lying there. Right. And and people had left clues of like, look up higher around. And we could not put this thing together. And what drove me crazy is there was a family just leaving when we arrived. So, so they're someone like, had oh, have it. fun. Like, yeah, it is hard, but you'll see it. And we <laughs> never found it. <laughs> That's frustrating because you can like sometimes they do get lost or destroyed and you can like leave a note saying was not found. But if the people before yeah, you found they it. Yeah, <laughs> they had just found it. The last one I did was is in Wahoo at our county museum. They have like a collection of old buildings and one's an old outhouse. And the clue was like just four numbers. It was the the code to the padlock. And you opened the outhouse and there was the geocache. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's a fun one. Yeah. I haven't geocached in years. I should tr- I should give it a go well, again. Well, you walk all the time. I, I bet Wilderness Park has several. Oh, I'm sure they do. I found a bunch at Nine Mile Prairie as I well. I bet. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to more specifically garden and nature yes learning and identifying Mm -hmm. apps yes so up first you've heard us talk about it we've said it before and we'll say it again iNaturalist yep it's one of our favorites it's for a reason it has a few I mean it's not as intuitive as some it's Mm -hmm. definitely one you got to learn to navigate your way through but once you do it's really it's fun Yes. So as a review, iNaturalist is an app where you can take a picture either in the app or just take a picture with your phone. um, And then you add it as an observation and it will ask a series of questions. Some are required, like location and things, um, but you can always not answer things that you don't know the answer to. And it will also help you identify it based on some image searches that it can do. And so if it matches up, you can say, yes, I think that's what it is, or no, it's not that, and you leave it unidentified. And then it connects it to a whole community and these observations where people can help identify the things. And once it gets a certain amount of confirmation IDs, then it's considered like, this is what it is. Yeah. And if you ID it when you post it, then it offers up to the community for people to confirm your Mm -hmm. ID. And when it's confirmed by two other people, it becomes a research grade. Right. So it becomes part of a data set that scientists can use to say, oh, there's been this many painted ladies seen in Lincoln in the last month. Um, So it's a great Mm -hmm. citizen science tool. That's probably my favorite part is that things I identify could be used for science. And there are researchers that are depending on this database. And it works for insects, animals, plants, trees, pretty much anything nature-related you can put on there. And I'm sure it will be helpful to someone. Yeah. I We are hosting what they call a project. So um, it's we're calling it a bio-blitz. It's kind of what it's meant for is, is people identifying a certain plant 
genus or just plants in general, mm-hmm. or we set ours to Lepidoptera, so butterflies and moss. We wanted to see how many butterflies and moss our listeners could identify in two weeks. And that hasn't ended yet as of this recording, so I can't tell you how many. <laughs> but I think I looked this morning and there was 11 people participating. I have to be honest, I haven't participated yet. Oh, no. So I will do that this weekend. Um, One thing I want to remind people of is just to keep in mind that it does track your location if you have that enabled. So especially if you are posting mostly from your house, pictures from your garden, people will know where you live. (laughs) Or at least where you spend a lot of time. Or where you spend a lot of time. So if that is a concern of yours, you can always turn off the location tracking. Yeah. And you can, I have turned it off and set it manually because one time I was logging at Smith Falls Park and it wasn't identifying, my GPS wasn't keeping up with where I was. Mm -hmm. So I turned it off and I manually typed in, I'm at Smith Falls Park. Yes. I do a lot of taking pictures and then going back and putting them up on iNaturalist on my web browser. Yeah. Because I just don't, I don't always think to do that while I'm outside. So Mm -hmm. I take a lot of pictures and then I go later on the computer and I'll put up like 10 at a time. Yes. And it does pull that, I have it enabled that it can pull the location from my photo. So because Mm -hmm. my Google Photos tracks the location of where I took the picture, it will pop up as accurate. I've noticed that. Sort of freaked me out until I realized <laughs> that was what I wanted it to do. But you yeah. could turn that setting the geolocation off. in yeah. the photo. Yeah. You guys, technology is crazy. It is. <laughs> um, it's good to be aware of what it's yes. doing. And if all of that bothers you, and especially if you're with kids who need some more guide rails. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is a community-based app. Yes, so you yes. can talk to people. People can see your photos. Yes, yes. If that is a concern, which rightfully so, especially when with kids, you can use Seek by iNaturalist, which does not connect to that community. It's a separate app. Yes, it is a completely separate app where you can still take pictures and use that search to ID and you can track, but it just keeps track of your stuff in the app. So it doesn't share it to the community. There's no communication between community members allowed so they can't like find a friend and start talking to them. Uh, But it still gives you that wonderful, like, what's this plant? take a picture oh it's whatever or to go back and say you know you could take pictures all summer and then in november you could go back and say look how many butterflies Mm -hmm. i saw and you could do some really fun math and science with that data that you made right without sharing it with anybody else and one of the things i love some families do like go to the same campsite or the same you know they go to smith falls every year to visit you could keep track over many years of the things that you saw as a family that'd be really cool Mm -hmm. so keep that in mind iNaturalist and seek by iNaturalist are both great ways to do it if you're just looking for id and know you know it these this i guess this app does save what you've identified but it's not a information sharing it's just an id is leaf snap Mm-hmm. And I know you said, Hannah, that you had an early version of this app that was not as great, but it's been through some updates. Yes. And it's very pretty. I re-added it to my phone 
Let me show you. Look how pretty. Oh, it this is. is now. It's got like a illustrated plant background uh-huh. and calm nature-like colors. Yep, yep. I'm not sure. Why do we say that? Why do we say those calm colors are nature-like when if I go out to the garden, they're not calm. They're very bright colors. Well, I think it's the shade. like you know the green yeah it's nature colors and nature relaxes us it does it's a very peaceful looking app yes it definitely looks different than the last time i saw it so if you have heard of this app and you Mm -hmm. didn't have good experiences you might give it another shot yeah here let's see what it does with this picture of the weed of death (laughs) let's see what it does here um i will say Many of their features require you to upgrade. Okay. So the free app is not as good, and then it has ads. Okay. So that's Leaf Snap. Yes. And you have a note here saying it's plants only. What was it? No, it's plants oh, only. Oh, it is plants only. Because, like, um, Seek and iNaturalist, you can do right. you can plants, do insects, animals, bird. insects, gotcha. birds, all yeah. the things. But Leaf Snap is just plants. Okay. And there so. is a free version, but it's pretty limited. Yes. And I've u- tried to use Plant Snap, which there is no, there's like a free trial, but there's not really a free version. And I wasn't happy with that one. It misidentified yeah. a lot of things for me. So I have deleted it before i finished my trial so (laughs) if you're looking for an id app you might try leaf snap yeah and really if if you're look i don't even know if leaf snap is the best it's fine yeah but otherwise i would just go with iNaturalist yeah honestly the nice thing about iNaturalist is you're not just it's not a one-time id Mm -hmm. it's somebody couldn't comment and say you incur you had this wrong and give you the right answer yes which is nice Yes, that's what I like. So the last one we have in an ID capacity is Google Lens. This is the one I use. Yeah, so Uh, tell us about it. So Google Lens, there's two different ways to do it. If I don't know how everyone's phone looks. I have a Google phone, so Mm -hmm. it's a little more built in. But in my search bar, I could choose to type or I could click on the little camera icon and take a picture in the search bar. Yeah. Or I can open Google and put in a photo that I took at a different time. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it just searches for things that look like that photo. And the reason I like this is because it still leaves it up to me to choose which one looks most right. accurate. Um, and then I can use other things I knew about the site. Like maybe this photo didn't show this exact angle, but I can remember that angle and say it's this plant over this plant. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a little more in control that, um, it, it's a guide, but it's not trying to tell me a definitive answer. It's trying to give me several options right. to choose from. And then it's also showing you all of the information that Google has at its right. so, <laughs> fingertips. Yeah, once I, I choose something, usually it's a photo from someone's website, and mm-hmm. then I can go to that website and read about it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times the things that I search are plants, and it will pull up a nursery site that sells that plant. And then I have all this information about the plant right there instead of just a, a positive ID. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good one if you're looking for more information. You're not trying to share it with anybody. You're just like, what's this mushroom? Yeah. And I want to <laughs> know about it. Yeah. The other thing I like is that iNaturalist is more geared toward natural things. 
So a cultivated plant is less likely to be easy right. to ID. Mm-hmm. So if I want to find a cultivar of something that I saw in someone's garden, Google gives me a better chance of finding that specific information. Yes. And you can use it on literally anything. You can use it on on animals, insects, scat. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can use it on everything. Um, you, I have seen people use it uh, while traveling to translate things. Yes. It, now, <laughs> you know, all kinds of things. Yeah, there was an upgrade. Now it will just like, you can just hold your phone over words and it will translate them. Yeah, it uses augmented reality. I've used it to find out where someone bought their patio furniture because I liked their table. <laughs> Technology can be creepy, people. But it, yeah, but I, now I have this table that you like, <laughs> that right? Like. So that's what counts. Um, I told them I wasn't like I know, just walking up I'm to some just, just random with person's you. house. Yes. <laughs> And so to get Google Lens, I just want to, I have an iPhone, so it's not automatically on your phone like it is on a Google phone. All you have to do is just download the Google app yeah, and you got it. So. I think that if you're, it doesn't just have to be a Google phone. If Google right. is the main search engine on your phone, right? Yes. which is for a lot of Android, it's automatically there or you may just need an update on your phone and it will be yeah. there. Yeah. So iPhone, just download the Google app and use that as your search yeah. since iPhone set it to Safari. Yes. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I like Safari. It's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So those are our like plant animal IDs. Wait, you got one more animal. Oh, one. yeah. I have one more animal. Okay. This one is my absolute favorite app on the list. I've heard you talk about this one. I kind of want to try it out. Merlin Bird ID. Yeah. It's so cool. Once again, if you had an early version and you haven't updated it or tried it again recently, they've made major updates to this app that can do amazing things. So I've talked about my Wilderness Park walks many times. And when there is a bird cacophony happening... I open. I love that word. <laughs> I open my Merlin Bird ID and I hit record, and it starts recording all of the calls. And as the calls are happening, it pops up. This is this kind of bird. This is this kind of bird, and it brings up all information. And then it tracks all the birds you heard during that time you were recording. Wow! And then you can go back through and look at the information they provide for each bird. That is really cool. I do not know enough about birds. I wonder if this would work on my father-in-law. Because he can do, like, make bird noises. Oh. I wonder if it would identify him as <laughs> a bird. You should try it. <laughs> that would be funny. So I... Because often we hear birds before we see them, right? And I last... I think it was last fall. I was sitting in my house most nights. Windows open because it was nice. And... I would hear this bird call that I had never heard before. And I kept hearing it, kept hearing it. And finally, I remembered to, I caught it in time to record it. And it popped up as a whippoorwill. Cool. And I was like, I don't know about this. That seems suspect. Whippoorwills not known to be in this area, especially in an urban setting. They're kind of a southern bird, aren't they? No, they, No. they do live here, but they're... Population is limited, and they don't like urban 
okay. spaces. So lots of times they're they're found in more forested, but they're also on the edges of forests. Okay. Which is not a description of Lincoln. Right. And they call they they do their mating call, which is what this was, from the ground. Oh. So they hide in the um in the leaf detris and do their call. So I was like, I don't know about this. Whatever. I ran into Jason, bird nerd, and I said, okay, I don't know. I heard this bird call. I think it's a whippoorwill. And he said, have you tried the Merlin bird? I said, yes, I have. Here I have the recording. And I played it for him. And he was like, that is a whippoorwill. And we are trying to do research right now on these because there is a population on East Campus. What? Well, you live and right I by East live Campus. And I live right by East Campus. And I was like, well, he made it over here <laughs> <laughs> to my yard. That was like a year and a half or two years ago. I haven't heard it since. Okay. I'm kind of sad. Um, But so then I was able to send that recording to the people that Jason had been working with so that they got this information and they had the date and the time and all of the info on when this bird was at that specific location. That is so cool. Yeah. So it's really fun. And it does like if you you can use it that feature, but you can also just look up birds, play their calls listen for them, all of those types of things. So it's another good way to just learn more about birds. I need to learn more about birds. I do not know enough about birds. I didn't know I knew that much about a whippoorwill until until I just started talking. But I don't know a lot about birds either. (laughs) My bird ID is very limited. I know cardinals and robins. And little finch birds, which covers a large category of anything smaller than <laughs> a robin. Finch birds. <laughs> yes, it does. Tell us about your little finch birds on the ranch. <laughs> Those were chickadees. Chickadees, that's what it was. <laughs> so this was several years ago now. Yeah. My uh, father-in-law traps. And so I got to go out with them over Christmas and just ride around in the side-by-side checking the traps. And um, there was... Tra- can you explain traps for people oh okay so they they live on on a ranch and so they trap they fur trap Mm -hmm. so this is like coyotes and um muskrats and i'm sure that's not a very good description but this was so they trap them primarily because coyotes turn into problems yes um and so there was some bait left out which was like a fatty piece of meat and you couldn't see that all I saw was this tree with a bunch of little fluffy Tweety birds. And I was like, oh, look at them. They're so cute. And my father-in-law just goes, why don't you go look at them? And I go over there and they're just like tearing the flesh off of this bone. <laughs> like the most like evil little not cute fluffy Tweeties. Yeah. But they, birds need a lot of fat in the winter. Mm-hmm. That's why they eat seeds because seeds are really high in fat. That's why we put out suet. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty far out west. It's really cold and seeds are not enough. So a lot of the little birds will eat small pieces of animal fat to mm. keep themselves warm through the winter. Delicious. So, yeah. I mean, it's what I like to <laughs> snack on. So that was one of my bird. I guess that's another bird I know. I now will never forget how to identify a chickadee. Oh, I, can, I know chickadee calls. That was one of the first calls I learned. That you learned. Mm-hmm. Those are easy. Chickadee dee 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 dee. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. See, this is, I do know more than I think I know. Mm -hmm. That's one of their main calls. They have other calls. I love birds. I have, well, I now have one parakeet. I had two parakeets. They got old. They're very elderly parakeets, but I love little birds. And so I should spend more time learning about them. All right. 
birds. Ooh. I think. Yes. Have you ever have you seen those bird feeders with the camera on them? Yes, they're so expensive. Or they I would get so one. expensive, but I did get. It's a clear plastic one that suction cups to your window. Yes, yes. And I kind of put it behind this bush mm-hmm. so we can sit there and watch the birds come. Yeah, eat. that's fine. I don't need pictures of them. I just want to see them. You could set up a just like a true or just a camera inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to watch them. Anyway, I have to clean my windows. Yes, <laughs> yes. All right, up next, sky view. I love this one too, and I know you said you guys use this one. Yeah, a lot. my husband loves this one. Mm-hmm. So it is for star gazing. Yeah, looking at planets, looking yeah. at satellites, all the different things. And what it does is uses augmented reality to show you where things are in the sky. So at night or during the day, but it doesn't work as well during the day. (laughs) So at night, you open the app and you face the camera wherever you are trying to look and identify things. So whether that's a star or a planet or the moon, whatever you want it to be, um, and you can move it around and it'll tell you where the constellation is or, oh, that bright star is actually uh, Venus. It'll tell you all those types of things. If you haven't seen this, you have to look it up. It's really neat. Mm-hmm. It, the cool thing is it is augmented reality and it's a little bit GPS based. Mm-hmm. So um, we like it because when we go out west, we get to see a lot more stars than you can here. But even if you can't see the star with your eyes, it will show you what is there. So. Yes. If you're in a more urban area and you can see like a couple stars, but you can't see a whole constellation, it will finish off the constellation mm-hmm. for you. Yes. And it'll show you like International Space Station is flying over or different satellites that are coming over. I don't have the paid version. There's a Sky, uh, sky View Lite, which is free, or there's a paid version. The paid version is only $2.99. It's not expensive so. and it adds a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. I heard you can see space detrius you can and you can point it i don't know if this is because it's paid or not but you can point it at the floor yes and you can see the constellations in the southern hemisphere Mm -hmm. that would be like right below you Mm -hmm. which i think is just yeah super cool i do that too yes so that must be a free thing yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yep so because remember the earth is round so surrounded by (laughs) (laughs) we're surrounded by constellations that's right so um have i ever told you that my theory is that when aliens come it'll be to tell us to stop sending trash into space (laughs) yeah i'm not opposed to that theory there you can when you have the paid version and you see how much is out there it's kind of gross do you think skyview would show you the the rocket that just landed on the moon Ooh. I don't know. I we'll hope have so. to look tonight. Because India joined joined the forces. Yeah. Was it India? It was Japan's India. Japan's didn't make it. Right. Yes. And India did just land. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to look tonight because that would be really... Oh, I don't have to wait till tonight. You I don't have the app, though. Find the moon right Nick. now. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I have it, but I don't know the page, so it probably yeah. won't show it. But yeah. So that's a really fun one if you're um, scared stargazing sky yeah gazing whatever you want to call it i like it because it's a nighttime option Mm -hmm. because this time of year we spend a lot of our outdoor time at night Mm -hmm. it's it's a more pleasant time to be out yes and it's fun for me um even actually i use it more in the winter Mm -hmm. because 
I'm walking the dog after work and it's already dark. Yeah, half of your outdoor time <laughs> in the winter is dark because it's dark. Yeah, so I can't take pictures of the birds or of this plant um, to do iNaturalist, but I can, you can look at the stars. see the stars. <laughs> yes. And it's fun. We, we get different constellations in the winter. Mm-hmm. So I like to see that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Have you ever done one of the garden planner apps? Well, I just downloaded this one that I found this week when I was doing this episode outline called Planter. There's some really, I haven't seen this one, but there's some really cute looking ones where you get to place all of your cartoon carrots. Yes, that's what this is. Let me show you. So I added a sample garden. Um, To be clear, everyone, this is for vegetable gardens. I don't think you could use it for other gardens, but it's mostly vegetable gardens. And you set the size of your garden plot, whether it's a raised bed or a regular garden, whatever. And you can do U shapes. You can do whatever you need to do. And then you click on um, add plants and you can see the full list. They have like all different types of fruits, vegetables, herbs, um, and then a few different like I noticed they did have some flowers some of the things that people plant among there. So like okay. marigold, chamomile, bee balm. Like some pollinator plants and then mm-hmm. some like pest control plants. Yes. And then you can pull them around and plant them and plan out your garden. Does it limit it to things that will fit in that space? So then it will tell you. So like, for instance, in my garden, I said, okay, I want to plant romaine in this spot. And it says you need four to fill okay. that spot. To fill. So right? it makes a grid. Yes. You put the plant in the square and it tells you how many of that plant fit in the square. Yes. And then you can also click on the plant. So like I put raspberries, right? And you can go to more info about it. So oh. there's the raspberries. Tells you everything it needs. Um, how long it's going to take to germinate. Whether it's frost tolerant. Amount of full sun. Water. All of that. And then it gives you options. So you can cool. also set it like. So that just said raspberries. So then here's all the varieties. And you pick which variety you use. This would be fun for me, I like I plant new things every year, and then I forget what did well. Yeah. This would be a fun way to see, like, what did I have in last year's garden? Yeah. Well, I never got to eat any of that, so I shouldn't bother planting that again. You can keep notes, too, cool. with each plant. So it's like a garden journal in an app. Yes. And so then it also tells you companion plants and combative plants. Tell me more about these combative plants. Yes. So are we jousting? <laughs> are we? <laughs> so it says that, it, like, oh, let's start with companion. So strawberries. Okay. Let's go with strawberries. You can plant borage next to it okay. as a companion, which I love borage. I'm one of those weird people. <laughs> I've never tried it. I love it. The flowers are pretty and they're edible and they're delicious. They taste like celery, but they're Ooh. a flower. I don't know. Do you know. eat the flower or the leaf? I eat the flower. You okay. can eat the leaves. I eat the leaves too. Okay. But like as soon as those flowers bloom, I'm picking them off and popping them in my mouth. Mm, I'm gonna... And they're only like the size of your thumbnail. Like oh, they're teeny. <laughs> I'm going to try that next year. <laughs> but they're fun. Maybe we'll start. I planted a new it seed. once and it comes back. Okay, so it's easy. Okay. Um, I think Bob gave it to me. <laughs> uh, and then so you plant borage next to it, and when you plant those two together, it attracts beneficial plants. Sorry, am I too close? When you plant the two together, it attracts beneficial insects, not plants, and prevents diseases. 
So that's kind of what it's telling you. And you can see here, it has arrows. So it's like strawberries cause it or the other plant causes okay. it. So, so it tells you what the relation is. So it's telling you borage is helping the strawberries. But if it was mm -hmm. the arrows went the other way, you would know that strawberries were helping the, the borage. Correct. And then it has combative plants. So for this one, it's broccoli. So you don't want to put strawberries and broccoli next to each other. Oops, that's exactly <laughs> what I did this year. Okay, and pull it up says the broccoli. broccoli and strawberries attract shared pests. So when you put them together, they're more attractive. And broccoli and strawberries compete for nutrients because they need the same nutrients. So you want to okay. plant them. Going home apart. and pulling up my broccoli because I definitely <laughs> care more about the strawberries. And then it lists, look at this, all the pests, the diseases, beneficial creatures critters so that as you're growing it you can be like oh no i need to get rid of that japanese beetle of course right <laughs> um so you know what's good what's to leave what not and okay, what your problems might super be super cool i think i'm gonna do a deep dive this winter as i plan my vegetable garden yeah we don't talk a ton about vegetable gardens here but we both do them and that would be a fun episode to plan our gardens you can set your frost dates for your area, and then it tells you when to start things inside what? based on what plants you put in your garden, Which is when cool. to transplant them, when to sow outside. I like that because rather than just pulling your zone, which we know is not always fully mm -hmm. accurate, because if you're in a very urban area, you're going to have different frost yep. dates. I love that. Mm -hmm. So, so fun. It has all kinds of information. and like um, They have just like a little blog area, so... How to help your garden survive a heat wave, tomato growing tips. So especially if you are just getting into vegetable gardening, don't feel overwhelmed because you can always just put a tomato plant in the ground and yeah. it'll grow. You'll yeah. be fine. That's kind of where I err, <laughs> but I could do more planning. Right. But you can also get really into it if you want to. Yeah. So I am notorious for putting too much food in too small of a space and I need to start <laughs> spreading stuff out so I think this will be really fun yeah so that's one of my new favorites uh the last one I have before you finish this up with yours is these next two are just fun little things yeah <laughs> just one last fun thing before we go so you can download the shark tracker app <laughs> you know, it, as a Nebraska resident, I'm I am always worried about a shark showing up when I'm in the garden. <laughs> That's right. So this one's fun because if you like Shark Week, like I know a lot of people who are obsessed with the Shark Week yeah. discovery thing right now, it's grown into like a whole month. And I swear soon they'll be like, we have a shark channel now. Like it's all sharks. I'm all surprised shark. there's not. <laughs> right. Um, you can download this app and it'll show you where sharks are that have been tagged for research cool so they capture these sharks they put a little tag in them um, like many animals and they take pictures and measurements and everything and then they release them again to live their lives however they live them so you can follow all the sharks see where they have gone see what they're doing see where not to go to the beach can you see what they're eating i don't think you can see what they're eating <laughs> 
but um, you can see the pictures that were taken of them, and then they give them names. Oh. <laughs> Fun names, not just like R289. Yeah, not their research <laughs> yeah. number. So, and um, my favorite is some of the pictures are like the researchers are like standing behind them on the boat, like with their thumbs up, like, eh, yay. They caught a cool one. Yeah. Um, most of them are great white sharks. But they also have some whale sharks and different things. I don't don't ask me how they caught a whale shark. Those things are huge. How big of a boat did they need? It had to be big. So that one's just fun. If you have someone in your life who likes sharks, I imagine there are little children out there who think this would could be really fun. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so there you go. It would go. be fun to like adopt a shark and watch where it yep. goes all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be a good time. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're going on vacation and there's like five sharks, you might choose a different beach. <laughs> yes, I would. All right. What's your last one? My last one is Weatherbug. Okay. So this is a weather app. For the most part, it functions just like AccuWeather, Weather mm-hmm. Underground, all your weather apps. But the feature that I have found very useful is that it shows you how close the last lightning strike was. So when you are in a thunderstorm, I mean, it's not like all the time. When your area is in a thunderstorm, it will kind of pop up this. The closest lightning strike was like a mile away. Mm -hmm. And as lightning strikes, it tells you that. So this has been really helpful if you're hiking or if you're out on a body of water. Um, Obviously, anytime there's a thunderstorm, you are moving for cover. But it can kind of help you choose the direction you're trying to go or how quickly you need to move how big of an emergency this is so i just find that also kind of neat i like i think lightning is fascinating it is and i like to watch it and so it's kind of neat to see i like to see like when you hear the thunder how far was Mm -hmm. the lightning so i just think that's really interesting and it's really cute because their lo- their um, little symbol is a ladybug Aww. with a lightning <laughs> as it's split between its wings. Oh, that's and I think fun. that's cute. Yeah, that is cute. Okay, so those are a few of our favorite apps. Um, there are many, many, many apps yeah. out there. They're, Tell us more. Yeah. I would love to hear what you guys yeah, use. Yeah, so if you're using something cool you want to share, make sure to leave it as a comment on our social media or wherever you listen. Um there are apps to find hiking trails, to find mountains to climb, to find kayaking places. So just there keep are that no in mind. mushroom hunting apps that I'm aware of because that's secret knowledge. There are foraging apps. There are foraging apps. I did apps. look them up. Um, most of the expert foragers I know do not recommend them. Yeah, I would <laughs> because yes. it's so it can be very dangerous to forage without a somebody who really knows what they're doing agreed as i mean one there's the danger of you have to have a positive id before Mm -hmm. you meet something if you are not confident a google image is probably not enough to tell you you can eat something but also most likely any foraging site that someone's willing to share publicly is not that great right and none of the apps actually tell you where to find things it's more Uh, about id id yeah Mm -hmm. i don't think i would ever trust an id with yeah foraging if i if i can't positively id it i would want Mm -hmm. a, a human id from someone who's eaten that yes yes so, um, so yeah, like we said, tell us about it. We'd love to hear more yeah. about your favorite nature apps. 
I do have a couple tips to share okay. before we wrap this up because most of these apps are photo based. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that we've learned over the times of taking photos of nature that um, can be really frustrating if you're if you're just starting. So there there's kind of two main modes on my camera that I use on my phone. One's just the camera that opens and the other's portrait mode, yes. which is really good for um, focusing on something close up, which is half the insect pictures I take. Yes. So I will switch to portrait mode. If I'm trying to take a picture of an insect that's a little further away than I would like, I use my regular camera and take the picture before you zoom. Mm-hmm. If you take the picture and crop it in close, it always comes up clearer than if you zoom before you take the photo. Yes. This is probably not true if you own like a real camera. I'm talking yeah, about we're my talking cell phone about camera. phone cameras yeah. here. <laughs> it's all I own. And then if you're trying to take a picture of something that's moving, sometimes your camera has the burst option where you mm-hmm. hold down the button and it takes like 500 pictures really fast. But a lot of at least the, my last three cell phones have all had the option of taking a video and then pulling a still image out of the video, which makes it a lot easier to focus on a butterfly that doesn't want to sit still. Right. And for those of you that have iPhones, your regular setting for photos on iPhones takes a video and a photo oh, at cool. the same like time. Like a slightly moving... Yes. So you can adjust that photo for that whole length of the video to get the best shot That's out of it. very helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes taking taking pictures of wildlife is very difficult. Even flowers, if there's a little bit of a breeze, it can mm-hmm. be hard to get a really nice focused picture. Yes, yes. It also helps with pets and children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So those are our apps. Yeah. Tell us yours. Try out something new. But really, our main point is go outside mm-hmm. and learn something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So what's blooming? What are oh, we... my goodness. Yeah. So my ironweed is now in completely full mm, bloom, which mm-hmm. I know is later than yours because that was your what's blooming a but few weeks ago. mine is still bloom. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think mine will last for a while. Yes. Mine's in parched sun. So I knew it would be later than Hannah's. Yeah. But it is, oh, my goodness, that thing is in full, full bloom. And my blue sage is just starting to open up. I thought I had lost this plant. Oh, really? I really, I thought it was gone. I only planted one and I planted it so that it would come up between my two goldenrods because that color combination is my favorite. And I just found it. It had, it was there all along. It just, we had this really heavy rainstorm that bent over a lot of my big blue stem. Mm -hmm. And when I pulled it up, I, I used some twine to pull it back up against the fence and I found my blue sage and it's just starting to open so excited i love it yeah what's blooming in your yard right now okay bob talked me into planting helenium yeah i'm sure he did (laughs) (laughs) and it is gorgeous beautiful it is blooming and it looks amazing it's gigantic is the wrong spot (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if he didn't hear me some of the things he talked to into planting in my hell strip that's where it is to fill in i was like i don't think you quite understood what i was talking about (laughs) my advice with bob is that he does not care how tall a plant gets he just loves them for who they are Mm -hmm. and so yeah i'm sure that it was all well he's like it doesn't get that big it's not that tall off the ground because like my 
hill strip, I was keeping it like no more than a foot off the ground. Okay, you're keeping it quite short. Yes. And now Bob talked me into a bunch of things that are way taller. Are way more than a foot off the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, that helenium is not a little plant. And I really like it, but it looks very out of place now because yeah. it's one skinny tall plant oh. just like poking up. <laughs> <laughs> I might try to move it. I think you could move it this fall. Yeah. Um, and then, but it has inspired me. Yes. So good. it's good for the plant and good for Bob. It's inspired me because more grass can be removed. And I There's want always to... <laughs> more grass to remove. <laughs> and I really want to do that planting that we saw. You were, did you come to the garden tour at Amer, not Emeritus? Um, no, I didn't no. make it to Emeritus. I have been there before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had a whole like sloping section that was prairie drop seed, little blue stem, and one other grass that I wrote down, but I can't remember it right now. And just the combination of those looked great. Mm. So I want to do this, just like a grass sweep across my front lawn um, next to some of my other prairie gardens. And I was debating, do I leave it just those three grasses and do this little sweep or do I put some plants in? And I think I'm going to just sprinkle in some helenium. Some helenium. I think that would be very nice. I love a grass sweep. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with a flower or two poking out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it will help. I was worried because, like, my gardens around that area are very flower heavy. It'll help set that off. Yes. Yes. So there we go. That's what's blooming. (laughs) I think that's very cool. I took, so I imagine you're talking about helenium autumnale. The perennial one. Yes. And I took Helenium, the annual one, which is is a little tiny poof. It's like yeah. six to eight inches and just a ball of yellow flowers. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought I was getting. Yeah. that And maybe <laughs> that was what happened because yeah. that would be perfect for that. I put that in our bloom box that we planted at mm-hmm. my son's daycare. And it's so cute. It's just these little balls of yellow flowers. And they have been blooming since we planted them in May. And it is September, and they yeah. are still blooming. And do they seed? They will themselves? seed. Yeah. I don't know that we'll let them remain. What we mm-hmm. did was they built this raised bed this spring. Yeah. And the plan is that they wanted to have some vegetables and some perennials, and they weren't ready for the vegetables. So I picked some annuals that they so could, that yeah. it wouldn't be empty, but it wouldn't be permanent. Yeah. So that way in the spring they can decide, do we still want flowers here or vegetables? Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you get some use out of our advice with the apps and everything. Feel free to leave us your comments, rate and review us, share us with your friends, everyone, just like three friends. That's what I want you to do. You have an assignment over I the next I have an two announcement weeks. to make today. <gasps> you have an announcement. We have broken 10,000 listens. Yay. Which we feel pretty good about. So if all 10,000 people... Well, that would be like 10,000 times oh, people right. listen. 10,000 times people listen. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sure it's not That's that true. many So listeners. it's not 10,000 people. But if everyone shared it with three friends and made them listen... Be pretty cool. It would be legit. Yeah. We'd be getting there. <laughs> so that's your assignment over the next two weeks. Share it with three people, please.
please and thank you. School's back, so I figured I can give you an assignment. Yeah. Is that how that works? <laughs> That's how that works. Okay. Homework. Uh, right. We'll start assigning homework. <laughs> yes. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bloombox and Bloombox Growing Deeper are both programs of the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. <laughs>